If you were to give a fintech founder one piece of information, what would it be? Just have a laser focus around the customer. You just cannot go wrong. There have been many products that I've worked on in my career that failed because there wasn't that focus. And there have been many products that I've worked on in my career that have wildly succeeded because there was that focus. The most common cause of bad customer experience isn't that high tech. It's embarrassingly simple. Yep, it's answering questions. In e-commerce, it's really easy to get bogged down with common questions, whether that's, where's my package? How do I return or exchange this item? Or just to cancel a subscription. SolvePath is an AI-driven customer support system that enhances the customer experience with visual formats and self-serve technology to empower your customers to handle their own support requests. Get the best customer support system for your business. Get SolvePath. Get started by visiting GetSolvePath.com. Welcome to FinTech Confidential, bringing you the people, tech, and companies that change how you pay and get paid. Wes, welcome to the show. Thank you. So MX, from its inception, has been a technology-first company and really pioneered the open finance market that now powers 85% of the digital banking providers out in the marketplace, over 1,300 financial institutions, and touches over 200 million consumers. And Wes, I'm glad that two Arizona guys could <laughs> finally meet in the mountains of Utah. But you spent 14 years at PayPal, right. and before that, you did some work at Clarity Communications and even some Motorola stuff. I'm really curious to understand, how did you fall into FinTech to begin with? As you said, I spent the first 13 years of my career in telecommunications, all doing software development. I was a software engineer for about that time and then beyond that because I did some internships and really found myself enjoying the leadership aspect of technology, but cutting my teeth in, in Cellular infrastructure was really critical to my future path because it taught me the importance of availability, reliability, scalability of systems. Because when I was working on the cellular infrastructure, it was when cell phones were just becoming ubiquitous and the carrier wars were just as heated as they are now. And if you didn't have five nines, they would pull your infrastructure and put somebody else in. I got into leadership and really wanted to get into technology management and thought I would start to look outside of the scope of telecommunications. And that's when I got connected to PayPal. And thought, well, this would be really interesting and it'll actually be more rigorous because it's people's money. When I started at PayPal, it was actually quite the opposite. It, the rigor wasn't there. It was chaos, it was moving fast. And my position there morphed over the 14 years and I had a tremendous amount of fun just figuring out how do you scale? How do you do this in a secure manner? When I first started, PayPal was processing $60 billion a year. When I left, it was over one and a quarter trillion. The 20X in, in growth isn't 20 times harder. It's 200 or 2,000 times harder from a scale and a security perspective. And so I had a lot of fun figuring out those engineering problems with my team and how do you actually scale this and bring this to a global market. So in those 14 years, if you could pick out 
one thing in that 14 year journey, what would it be that you feel helped you the most in this transition over to MX? I think it's the focus on the customer. When I took on operations and infrastructure, we had measured availability via clock, by clock time, which is how most infrastructure providers do it. And it wasn't working. We had numbers that were not reflecting how our customers actually felt about our products. And shifting more to an outside-in view and saying, what is a good representation of how our customers are experiencing our products and services fundamentally changed how we looked at the infrastructure, how we looked at the architecture of the infrastructure, how we looked at our application architecture, and really had us look into how do we make it more robust? How do we make it more reliable? How do we make the customer experiences excellent? And I think that was a pivotal moment for me in my journey to say, taking that customer view of everything that we do, because in technology, especially at big companies, you can get siloed. And the more connected you are to the customers and their experience, the better those experiences are gonna be, and the more successful you're going to make your customers and therefore your company. So I have to ask this question. The MX founders were extremely dynamic, and especially the late Brandon DeWitt. What do you see as the biggest challenge you face in continuing to build on his legacy? Yeah. First off, like you said, the legacy is one of the, re- one of the things that brought me here. The culture, the focus around the mission. I honestly have never seen a more purpose and mission-driven company and that's what brought me here i think what's going to be really important is keeping that focus on the mission and vision and having that focus on the customers and financial wellness and open banking and really continuous continuing the legacy of brandon is really important to me i want to make this company as successful as i can possibly contribute to making it be and I want to carry on his legacy. I'm not Brandon. There's no way I could be Brandon. <laughs> but my intent is to honor his legacy and to continue what he so successfully started. Technology has always moved at an extremely fast pace. And today it is magnitudes more than what we could have ever imagined. Tell me about what you see the opportunity ahead for MX and the broader industry, especially as we start to see more regulatory pressure around all of these financial tools. First and foremost, the fact that MX is really focused on partnering instead of being this siloed company that winner takes all kind of thing. We really believe it's not a zero sum game that we can actually partner with other institutions with with financial institutions, with fintechs, and help them be successful and help their customers be successful. And that's different from other companies that are really trying to just completely clobber their market and take everyone else out. So they think there's a huge opportunity and value in that. I think there's a huge opportunity in in open banking and open finance. Being able to give consumers access to their data the ability to act on their data and to really understand their financial health and financial wellness and give them products and services that are relevant to them instead of just spamming them with an ad that 
they may have mentioned a mortgage in a conversation all of a shows up in their all of a sudden it shows up <laughs> in their Facebook feed but they actually said I just got a mortgage they don't want one now so using rich data and using it intelligently contextually to serve up the best products and services that we can. I think there's a huge opportunity there. I've always loved being able to look at data and try and figure out what you could do with the data, what insights it could give you. And I've always looked at it as really a gold mine versus a stack of gold bars. And really for the data geeks, it is turning that mine into those gold bars. What role do you see the data playing in fintech and building out these additional services and all the different pieces. And how do you see us maintaining the privacy that everybody's holding on yeah. so tightly to? First off, I think, I can't think of a great analogy, so I'll give you a bad one. And that is, it's a gold mine with disparate pieces of gold throughout that you can only cash in if you put them together in the right way. Data, just like you, I'm a data geek, but data is hard. It's hard to actually parse out like what's relevant, what's not relevant. You can get your hands around and get directionally in the right, in the right, head in the right direction, but to start to use AI and machine learning to have systems actually draw pieces together and understand this is a variable that drives this kind of behavior with customers. And this is a, and this might not be something that you've thought of. And so I think really bringing technology into data, data is the goal. Data is where it's at. Data is what's going to make those experiences next level. And like I said, if I see a mortgage ad in, in my Facebook feed, I'll probably see it 15 times. If I've just had a conversation or there's an email, or but that's not what consumers want. They really want you to understand their financial situation and help them be successful in their financial health and their financial lives. And you can only do that when you're really intelligently using data. The most common cause of bad customer experience isn't that high tech. It's embarrassingly simple. Yep, it's answering questions. In e-commerce, it's really easy to get bogged down with common questions, whether that's where's my package, how do I return or exchange this item, or just to cancel a subscription. SolvePath is an AI-driven customer support system that enhances the customer experience with visual formats and self-serve technology to empower your customers to handle their own support requests. Get the best customer support system for your business. Get SolvePath. Get started by visiting GetSolvePath.com. Obviously, MX offers a ton of data. How can the MX customers and users best use that data? That's, I think the great thing about the data is we can make it situational. You can't, you don't want to go to someone who has, who, who has one car and then they use that car to get to work and you don't want to sit there and offer them a boat loan or just really have to understand their financial situation. And so I think it's using the rich data that we have, using data science around that to understand what's going to be relevant to the consumer what goals do they have so bringing in their aspect of it making sure that they know they own their data i think there's a lot of value in putting the consumer in control of their data being able to set goals around their financial health 
and serving them up products and services that'll be very useful to them. Why is there the perception of making data private so hard? Yeah, I think it's hard because there are companies that want to own that data and there are companies that want to control that data. And where we get into problems is when we allow that to happen. The consumer needs to be in control of their data. We need to have open systems. We need to have secure data. We need to have tokenized data exchange so that there isn't a few large companies holding data and using it in ways that may be good, but may be nefarious as well. I think once we start to bring open banking more to the forefront and having it be grow throughout the ecosystem, we're going to see a lot of value added for the consumer. And they'll have less concerns about the data security because they'll know who owns their data, they'll get permission and access to that data, and they'll know that they're always fully in control of that. Listening to the way you've described a lot of these things, it brings me to think about how fractured, how disjointed, how disconnected the financial technology industry really is. And people want to use, track, and grow their money in the way that's best for them. How is the MX technology enabling partners to achieve better outcomes for their customers? You're right. The, there are a ton of different apps. I know I probably have a dozen different apps on my phone that are to my different financial institutions. And MX is really about aggregating that data, bringing it together, giving you a full picture of your financial health and wellness and, and where your money is versus having all these different apps that you have to go to and you're not sure what where money is going to. It's also about the data cleansing and the data enhancement so that you don't get this cryptic descriptor around where you spend money and it's very clear, okay, this was at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, I remember going there. That makes sense. So it's really about the control of their data, the under the understandability, if that's a word of their data, I think that's really going to be the differentiator. And then aggregating one place where they can see it all. Why is aggregating data so important? If you're a fintech and you, or if you're a financial institution and all you have is one slice of someone's financial life, you're not going to be able to make the best decisions for them or for your business. Having data aggregation, having an under, a, a more comprehensive understanding of a person's financial profile is going to make it that much better for the customer and for you. Creating a cohesive experience means that everybody's got to play together nicely in the same sandbox together. How is the technology positioned to lead the open finance economy? I think first and foremost is MX is a very trusted partner in this space. We are very open. We're, we are very much into partnerships. We're not a, a, a company that thinks it's a zero-sum game. We know that all boats rise. We know that there are trillions of dollars of payments. There, there's plenty of space for people to innovate and ensuring that we have open banking and open finance and ensuring that consumers have access to their data and can use it in good ways actually gives them a broader set of capabilities that they can innovate around and that they can deliver to those customers. Where you start to have closed systems, you start to have very targeted solutions 
for a slice of the data. And that's never going to be a great solution, a great comprehensive solution. So it may solve for one particular use case or one part of their lives, but it's not going to be comprehensive. It's a winning strategy for us to be looking at, like, how do we lean very heavily into the open bank and continue to do that and continue to drive and be pioneers in this space because, and our partners are telling us every day that this is working and that they're seeing better engagement from their members and their users. And so it's a collaborative effort, which is bearing fruit. How is MX delivering that though? Because we've talked about open banking, we've talked about the data, but how does that data get to those parts? When you talk about products like MX Access, where we're offering tokenized APIs where we can actually bring solutions that are more resilient, that are more reliable, that give them all the data that they need. We're bringing those solutions to the market to show them you don't have to use prior methods of screen scraping and getting data, but actually secure methods that are highly reliable when it comes to connectivity. And that's how we're bringing that data to them. That's how we're bringing data aggregation to them. And they're able to innovate around that data in, in, in pretty wonderful ways. So we're coming to the end of today's conversation. I wish I had so much more time to talk to you because I've got a whole bunch of questions floating around in the back of my head that I didn't prepare for. But if you were to give a FinTech founder one piece of information as they're getting started in their journey, what would it be? Gosh, just one. I like just one. Thousand. <laughs> I think it would, I think it would be, um, and you usually don't have to give founders this piece of advice because founders are usually pretty good about this, but is just have a laser focus around the customer. You just cannot go wrong. There have been many products that I've worked on in my career that failed because there wasn't that focus. And there have been many products that I've worked on in my career that have wildly succeeded because there was that focus. Even if counterintuitively from a revenue perspective or a take rate perspective, we're like, oh, we're going to lose money doing this. When you focus on what's going to be a great customer experience, when you focus on the reliability, and so you know, I'm in technology, so it's all the illities, reliability, scalability, <laughs> security. When you focus on those things, you end up with very great experiences. And like I said, founders are typically, that's actually what gets them up in the morning is like how to solve problems. So they don't necessarily need that advice, but I think that's really critical. As And as companies grow, it's a really important to keep your eye on the ball. Any special words of wisdom to the technical co-founder? I think stay curious. Technology is changing at a very rapid pace. And if you're not staying on top and if you're not understanding it, if you're not curious, if you're not asking questions, it'll bypass you very quickly. So I think it's really important to to stay, to keep your technical chops, to understand what's going on in the industry and to understand best practices and to be talking to different companies that are doing similar to in, in your industry and even outside your industry to see how they're solving problems. What do you hope that the attendees of this year's Money Experience Summit take away after spending three days at this beautiful resort? I hope they just continue to be very excited about about open finance, about open banking, and really empowering people to be financially financially free, to have the access and act, be able to act on their data. And I know the partners that I've talked to throughout the week have been be very excited about the journey. 
Well, Wes, we've covered a bunch of stuff. I Again, I wish I had so much more time with you today. Is there anything that we left out you wanted to make sure that we communicated out to the audience? I think the partnership aspect is something that, that we should leave with, and that's that it's not a zero-sum game. And there's a ton of innovation to be done in this space. And you can walk in the halls and see all the people that are hungry to innovate with the data. And the more open we are and the more we partner, the more successful we're all going to be. Fantastic. Thanks again, Wes. I appreciate your time. Hopefully I haven't made you late to another event. (laughs) Thanks again and have a great day. All right. You bet. Thank you.